0: the fell in the grain on my short the fell in the grain on my short the good man on the bench welcome to the Big kickoff League of Ireland podcast with myself Roy Shanahan, and from the big it's Nathan Doyle. Well, Finney Perrott, He's kind of made a fool of a few people so far and out of his seven games so far I think if my maths is right it's five wins, one draw and one loss 11 goals scored and this week Dundalk head coach Vinnie Perth has ruled himself out of the running of the Northern Irish under-21 job insisting he has no intentions of walking away from the Lilywhites. Now he did say unless Jose Mourinho needs an assistant manager it's the only job he'll go for. Nathan, in fairness to Vinnie He's done a hell of a good job starting off so far.
1: He has, definitely. He's, um, he's really steady to shift, hasn't he? Now I know you can look at their, the league head position at the moment. It might not be exactly where they want to be at the moment. But like you said, uh, your match was spot on. And the results, they didn't speak to themselves. And that one defeat only coming against Shamrock Roberts, which, uh, albeit very disappointing uh, for them to be losing against a rival like Shamrock Roberts, they will be on on such a good run that they find themselves on now, which is it's really a positive science uh, in Dundalk, considering the the horrendous start of the season that he had. So yeah, so the it's to see something Binny period coming out and while well, I might be stating the obvious a little bit, he's only back in Dundalk uh, four weeks now, but to come out and to say, you know, that I, I won't be leaving until at least the end of the season, he's I think everyone say At Dundalk, Long term, who knows what's going to happen, you know, like, I don't think anybody can confidently say that Vinnie Perk is going to be Dunstaff Man for next season. But credit where it's due, myself included, a lot of people, you know, a bit worried when he came back, weren't he? You know, after just such a strange uh, set of events, you know, leaving and coming back so quickly, everyone says you should never go back to your old job, especially in the manner Vinnie Perk did leave, because nothing has changed. It probably actually got worse during the time he was absent from Dundalk. So, yeah, a little bit of positivity to say that he's setting the shift now at the moment and he's going to continue to study the shift uh, come the end of the season. So, he he came out and said that he he talked to the IFA at least about the role and he's made a word about the vacancy. But, yeah, happy day for Dundalk, I suppose, to see him uh, sticking around to the end of the season because... uh, the last thing they need, wasn't it, it was been period leaving after only four weeks of tournament because it's been an absolute culture of the season.
0: Yeah, I was one of the people who thought it was madness to go back because, well, because of the madness that was going on at Dundalk. Are we kind of seeing now maybe there's been a, an awakening behind the scenes that maybe everything they were doing wasn't in the best interests of the club? Vinny has gone back because he has compromised with them to say listen we need to do this that and the other if we don't do that I probably won't take the job and maybe him going back was the indication that there was going to be a change
1: I think we're seeing a consistency and a commitment to Dundalk that wasn't there at the start of the season both on and off the field particularly on the field now that more so what I've seen not being a Dundalk fan and not being a Dundalk native you know sort of, it's from the outside looking in really from the off the field point of view but we you can just go and by looking at the on-field performances the start 11 has been a little bit more consistent you know at the start of the season you made big marquee signings whether they be players coming in from abroad it just has not worked out for one reason I know that just haven't got up to the physicality or the speed of the league and it can be difficult for people to come in and adapt whether it be to different cultures or different languages and that's just going to be difficult you seem to like the junior coming in this the a player that has league-born experience but he you was know, non-existent during any performance for Dundalk, so we've seen them you know sort of not chip away the dead board but move them out and and, and put them on the bench and you know we've seen under Vinnie Pearce just a quick one name off the top of my head uh, uh, Darren he's he's been coming in and playing on a more consistent basis Dave McMillan is starting to chip in with a couple of goals now as well. So I think they're looking at consistency uh, in the starting level and commitment. That they're going to get out of these players that know Dundalk and know the league. It's just The level has been raised from the players that have come in internationally and just haven't been stepped up uh, since the world at Dundalk.
0: They have Lividia Talon in the Europa Conference League. When you look at that, and I think they, they, they have V tests uh, from Holland if they get through. When you look at that, yeah. can you see them progressing? Because, again, this has been their number one target. Can you see them getting through them two ties? It's a difficult one,
1: isn't it? It really mm-hmm. is. Um, I think the talent one could be doable. I think it could. You know, we, we've seen talent. In fairness to them, you know they've been a regular presence in European football since the day year in 1999. so albeit they've never made it to the group stages, but if you're a longer-term fan of the League of Ireland, now we've seen Tallaght play lots like of Bohemians in uh, 2001. They lost the bowls training at that time in the Champions League. Again, they played bowls you know, in the UEFA Cup, um, and a couple of years after that, uh, they let the Youngs. Only- Time. he's ever beaten uh, an Irish team over two legs He beaten 3-1 they dropped in Champions League in 2008 in the first qualifying round They got beaten 3-1 again in aggregate uh, Cork City in the Europa League in 2017 and again the first qualifying round got back at 6-2 in aggregate you know the Damning Dunham of Cork City in the fall of some great they've had and he's even played some dark in recent memory in the Europa League back in 2018 in the first qualifying round and lost 3-1 again in aggregate so the track record uh, not only in Europe in terms of not getting into, into the qualification as uh, getting into the group stages and coming up against Irish teams uh, over the past 20 years it's now it's there on paper it's, it's not good to say the least so it's I be confident enough for from Dundalk to get this round, but like I said, I, I think the next the next them when away from up against the dark side. Uh, that's gonna be a really really tough one. But I'm, that's it's, it's, again a side that uh, is just a presence uh, when it comes to European football. So yeah, it's gonna be tough to say. Um, even with Dundalk, you know how much you take out of the previous game against Newtown. I think you expected really wanted to. They beat Newtown handily enough. And they you did, 5-0 over the two legs. He's got a decent win uh, on Saturday. I was beating, it's been half 1-0. So, you know, like you mentioned, you, you look at Vinny finishing, finish Vinnie to come in. The run of form has been good, except for the 3-1 defeat the Shamrock a couple of weeks So Now they're on good form. There's a consistency back to Dundalk. And it seems to be a bit of a spirit back to Dundalk. So, yeah, I think if you get through talent, you might expect them to, but it's going to get difficult after that.
0: Okay, what does Vinny Peart have to do to get another contract in December? First of all, will he want it? I presume he will if he's, he's fending off the Northern Irish under 21 job. But number two, what, does, what what needs to be done this year? He's already steadying it. Is steadying it enough?
1: I don't think so. I think Team uh, Fix have made it known that European football is, is what they want from the club and what they want long term is to be a regular presence in some sort of European group stage so yeah I think it's going to be European football uh, he's going to need to get now look he's probably going a decent cup one too and they could be happy with that but I think if he were to stop the season there when he was sitting in sixth place and all there you know the, the ship has been steady I don't think there would be enough for him to get a new contract next season but yes yeah, so going back to what I said earlier and don't want to uh, repeat myself but for any know, to tone down this uh the Northern Ireland Northern under-21 job, you know, like you're saying, you were saying, he was talking. There was interest from both parties, so you know it, it's, it's obviously a clear statement from him that he, he wants to stick around at Dundalk long term, and that's the reason why he came back. You know, like everyone thought of it was a great decision by Vinny Perth to return to Dundalk, but there's obviously a, a commitment there by Vinny, and a love for the club. I think he that. You know, that, that needs to be there, and he wants to be successful at Dundalk we've well, seen it be very successful as Stephen Kenny is the manager he seems like he's the man to do that going forward as the club manager so yeah I, I, I think that European football uh, will be needed for any to stick around uh, at some dark next season but like saying, man, with, with the same saying with the current club owners and what's going on at the club who knows who really knows who will be there to, uh, come next year
0: okay be interesting to see UEFA this week announced that the Aviva Stadium will host the 2024 Europe, Europa League final. Good news for Irish football. Is this kind of a consolation for missing out on Euro 20, Nathan, isn't
1: it? Yeah, it seems to be, doesn't it? I think uh, UEFA pretty much even showed that as well, that they gave it to Dublin just due to the disappointment of Euro 2020, as you said. We we're meant to play, uh host not play, <laughs> we were meant to host uh, three group games and around a sixteen game which turned out to be Germany in England. Like what a that would have been to have uh in Dublin. And not only that, you know, you see that uh, the city of Bibeo was awarded the 2024 twenty twenty five Europa League final as well. Bibeo right. being another host host city that uh that, that missed out on the year twenty twenty football. So I think that's what it seems to be, doesn't it? It seems to be uh, just a bit of a consolation and a bit of a, sorry about that, on behalf of the away Now, in fairness to the stadium, it's not the first time they've hosted a, a, a major final like this back in 2011. was the all uh, the Portuguese final between Porto and Braga, with Porto 1-1-0 won, 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 down to a foul-cout goal, which struck a half-time. So, yeah, I, I think they've shown that in the past you can host a one-off games. Um I don't know about you, where, uh, I think we even chatted about this here, wasn't it, that um, I think the idea of hosting street games of Europe 2020 in Dublin, I think the idea of it is more glamorous than the actual execution of it. We, even if you look at, the stadium in itself, it's probably up to par to be hosting group games at these major European competition. competitions, but Dublin as a city, as a whole, you know, if you look at even the, the transportation and the clean-up job and now, everything else that comes around hosting these uh, major Euro- European competitions or whatever it may be, I think if you look at it at Dublin, you look at the Adidas Stadium. I think it's more suited to hosting these month-off games, you know, whether it be uh, Europa League final or Europa Conference League final going forward in, in the future.
0: Yeah, yeah, I, I, I mean the I think it's just the capacity that would rule it out for Champions League. So. Other than that, it, it would be perfectly fine if you had another whatever it was, twenty thousand or whatever it is needed, then th- there wouldn't be a problem with for a Champions League. Yeah, I think it's yeah, it it's it's good. It's a uh, it's good for it's good for Ireland, it's good for probably the Dublin, greater Dublin area, if you want to include, you know, the the Kildare's and the Wicklows and the Loads and stuff like that, people will filter in around those areas. But it's uh, it's probably good for manchester united you know at least they know where they have a chance of winning a trophy <laughs> um yeah i i i just think it's yeah it's it's something that's going to be it's it's good but it's only one day though you know and when we talk about this bid for the 2030 world cup that's more interesting because you're looking at well it's interesting if ireland were in the in the world cup but it's more interesting because then you might have a, a, a few games, you know, in around the country. You know, you're looking at a couple of stadiums there around the country. It would make it more of a festival for, for the country rather than just the Dublin area. So, yeah, uh, you would like to see that happening. It's just the whole England thing.
1: Again, like we're talking, there is an issue with me about where hopefully, you know, these streaming games in, in European competitions and World Cups in Ireland, I just don't think it's a Dublin set up for I think if this, I know it's a, a couple of years away and um, the bidding process for the 2014 World Cup with all of the emotion, but the kind of all all the head. But, you know, we only talked about last week, didn't we, with uh, probably the negative knock-on effect that everything that went on around the World 2020 final in Wembley Stadium, how that could negatively affect um, our, you know, what our joint bid together for the World Cup in 2040. So I think... It, it, you know, a major city like Dublin can show, we can host even these one-off games successfully and, you know, it's organisation, policing, stewarding, hopefully there's, you, know, you know, violence in and around the event itself. I think, you know, we could not that it completely disways the decision of your way but to look and, and, and say, well, oh, maybe, you know, the likes of Ireland, Scotland, whereas Northern Ireland can host other England. I think it might just be a bit of a, of a good look to the show you know well Dublin is set up to host these games. Now, like I said, I'm, I'm not too sure about transportation and things like that around Dublin, but I think if you look solely on stadiums and on the, the, the policing side sort of things, the student sort side of things. I think it could be a good look for the ABB Stadium in Dublin if you do host this game and, and everything goes well and everything goes according to court the plan.
0: Yeah, I don't see any problems. I mean, rugby World Cups are held here. I just don't see a problem at all. Tell you the truth, it's um, it's something that we can do. It's something we we can achieve. So, uh, listen, it's good news all around. Anyhow, uh, we need to have those uh, big stages in football. Um, it it just brings a, a buzz around the country. So yeah, that'll be interesting. And, and hope hope to get there and myself. I was at the last one myself, Nathan, and uh, just for the the whole, you know. Yeah. Final buzz rather than even supporting the team, it was just a, an interesting thing to go and see. So, uh, yeah, can't wait for that. Now, Nathan, very quiet week this week, not a lot going on. So, transfer stories are at a minimum. What have you got? <laughs> yeah, we, we've uh,
1: we had a good chat about this area, man, didn't we? Uh, <laughs> scraping the barrel this week, absolutely scraping it. But I will say one man came to my saviour uh, this week and unfortunately it's not really League of Oil related but it's Oil related so you know what that's good enough for me and it's, uh, it's I safe it's, it's to say it's your friend now. You, you were saying you chatted to this gentleman before that's right uh, we had him on the but show
0: Killian Sheridan I yeah. presume you're saying yeah. yeah we had him on yeah, the show yeah. when he was with uh was it Yarisek, or oh god Yalena. Bal- uh, the Polish team. I, know I can't think of the yeah, name of the team.
1: It's, 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 it's a side where uh, I think Chris Swordack is there now, isn't he? That's uh, correct. Uh, yeah, because I, I had yeah, the unending task of pronouncing the name when Chris made his move over from Boris. So now my we, we, we heart goes out to that. But yeah, uh, Killian Sheridan on the move there uh, once again. He's uh, the 2 0 Cavan native has signed the SDL, so it's done B on a two year deal uh, on a free transfer from. We'll say Pollock. I'm pretty sure that's far on. I knew what I was
0: Jagellonia pa- Balastok. I think that's a, it's that's it, it, it's a rounder. It's a rounder.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you you can't blame two lads from the middle of Dublin for not getting these things. But we try, <laughs> we do try our best for, for the people. We can we do, say we can say so Dundee
0: though, can't we? We're, we're all right with Dundee.
1: Yeah, um we'll we'll we'll, we'll uh, take all the, the three failed attempts edit uh, them out. Of now. But yeah, no put on you can't say Dundee, definitely. <laughs> uh yeah, this was this was uh Dundee is now uh, Killing Sheridan's uh tenth permanent club and that's what they were adding any four loan spells. He's had a career, a globe trotting career that's gone through Scotland, England, Bulgaria, Cyprus, Poland, New Zealand and Israel. Uh, in fairness to the man, you know, he, he, he really has gotten around. I suppose i to bring him home for a quick second. He, he spent his he's obviously a youth career uh, in Ireland with uh, Ballyborough uh, Celtic in his native cabin and then uh, the Belper there with the Dublin. Uh, just a man as well that, like I mentioned, in part of his, uh, his football and journey, he's been in Scotland, he's been there, you know, he's been with Celtic from uh, 2006, uh, got his start. Jordan there, he had his long moves with Motherwell in 2009 and St. Johnson in 2010. Then he left Celtic after that St. Johnson Law move in 2010 to go to CSK Sofia in Bulgaria. But while in Sofia, he went back to St. Johnson uh, for the 2011-2012 FBL season. Then he got a permanent move to Kilmarnock for the 2012-2014 SBL campaign. So... He's now making his return back to Scotland after an eight-year hiatus and looking to add on to 24 FPL goals he already has. I've always liked Killian Sheridan, I must admit. Um, as a player, I always thought he was a no, decent striker, probably a goal record. there's little to be desired, but he's it big, it's physical. Um, the suppose even there, was, I don't know what you think about this, but I think we've even mentioned it before on the show, but... As you know, he's starting to wind in his career a little bit. I don't think he ever will return to the League of Ireland. I think he's happy enough to be uh, going about his business all over the world. But yeah, I also wondered a little bit how would he get on? or Where would he go if he was to, to, to make the return uh, home and playing in the League of Ireland?
0: Yeah, it's a it's it's an interesting one because he's uh, we had, there was a conversation I had the other morning about I can't remember. I think it might have been Jordan Henderson, was it? And talking about he could move or whatever like that and and we were saying why would he move you know you're at a club where you've lifted you know a trophy two big trophies you're going into you know being an idol sort of territory you know a legend or whatever like that Uh, you know you stick with a club you'd probably always have a home when you look at Killian Sheridan where is his home? like he has been absolutely everywhere so where does he, he he's a bit of a, a a roamer isn't he a bit of a wanderer he doesn't yeah. he, he's not he's not one for settling so he, I wonder it'd be a good question to ask him does he have you know an affinity to any of those clubs that he has played for that he feels like is home because most of the clubs he's been you know I think it's the majority is two max two years he's been with a club uh, yeah. But a Celtic bar Celtic at the very start but you know that was you know there was loan moves and stuff there so yeah um, yeah I I don't know it's a, it's it's a odd one why he moves around so much he doesn't score loads of goals so he, he yeah. is he is a good link up man he is a, he is a good hold up uh, player he does work extremely hard um, he probably will score goals with Dundee um, but if he has come back to the League of Ireland. To tell you the truth, the answer is anywhere. It's a- absolutely anywhere he could come back. But it wouldn't surprise you if someone like Dundalk, who could match the wages, took him in. You know, at the start of uh, or maybe halfway through next year, seems he's got a one-year contract or whatever it is with, with Dundee. So you know, he the clock is is winding down, and he, next February he's thirty-three. Yeah, uh, it, w- it would probably have to be 33, 34 and probably only for a season or two, so his best days are well gone.
1: Yeah, and especially as far as we look at the reputation of the league, of that, you know, with the retirement home, thankfully that, that's that gone now with the wayside. You now the league is chock block full you young, up-and-coming and talent and lads that could really, literally, if he wanted to, go abroad and, and make a career for themselves. so... Yeah, it's, I think it's going to have to be sooner rather than later. Like I said, personally, can't see it happening. Um, I think as well, it's, it's, it's with the fact that he's from Cavan, and Cavan's just one, one of them many counties that just don't have any sort of league of ball in history or league of ball in club. And at the moment, I think, you know, if it was, for example, from, from Dublin and he was a uh, known Sharmap Rovers fan, he could always think, oh, you know, he, he could potentially end up there. But yeah, just think of the fact that. No side no team in Cavan like you said, he, he he's not warm for, you know, sentimental value and sticking around and um, I think that's an interesting question for him if you ever if you ever want to have a chat with him is is there any team he does feel affiliation to? Maybe would we'll be Celtic just uh he played there with his new career the full professional club that gave him a chance. It's all uh clutching a straws here without actually knowing the guy but yeah, it'd be interesting to see how it walked out from. Um, uh that's love to Like I said, I've always been a, a fan of the guy. Um, I know this is probably such a, a young fan thing to say, but uh, I have the guy. I follow the guy on Instagram. It genuinely seems a very likable chap, very funny uh, fella. Doesn't make him a good footballer, but yeah, that's a lot to take and and he's uh, um permanent club hopefully helped will
0: work out for. Yeah, it's always interesting to see where the Irish guys go and, and it, it was, it's been interesting following him to the clubs that he's gone to because of some of the clubs that I never would have heard of before and he's kind of opened your eyes there so if anything he's educating us on, on world football ok this weekend Nathan it's the FAI Cup do we see any upsets? yeah it's, it's, it's a good one isn't it it is it's,
1: it's I, mean, I think the fact that, you know, it's, there's a lot of tight games in this round. You know, I think they're looking at banana fields. He'll be high, like Shamacola saying Galway, I can't see much happening. As good as Galway look, I just think in Tallahassee, it may be difficult. Half Steyer hopefully not from a, 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 a past point of view. Yeah, it's quite difficult. Tricky United at home to Dundalk on, on the Sunday could be a taste of one you now in my opinion. That would be the one that I'd be looking at. Now when I know Tricky I've well in the 4th division but I think from an outsider point of view you would expect them to, uh, to be beating Dundalk oh, sorry, expect Dundalk to be beating United but yeah, I think if I, was, if I was going to be brave and stick a couple of quid on and upset I think yeah, Treaty could be in the game.
0: Yeah, it could be especially because it's down there in Limerick and you just definitely think that, you know something could happen I've seen them in the last couple of games and they work hard they don't they, make it easy for you so Dundalk will have to be at the top of their game but as we said you know Vinnie Perth has turned it around they seem to be working they seem to be more a, a more cohesive side so yeah it, that'll, that'll be the interest I actually think it's the most interesting game I'm looking at all these other games Shamrock Rovers Galway is f- interesting enough Pats and Bray interesting enough um, you know some of the non-league games. Yeah, fair enough. I see these non-league games. So yeah, there 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 isn't there isn't some of the the, the big games that we probably hope for. So that we might get them in the second uh, the second round. But yeah, this could be if you actually go on and 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 you look to put a few quid on this. This could be one that you know you you might make a few quid off this weekend, Nathan. So. Um, we we leave that there because yeah. we we know we know we went through the whole list of them before. But uh, as as far as um, I mean, Fairview Rangers against Finn Harps. Finn Harps are not on a great run at the moment, so maybe this is something that but you expect Finn Harps to win, you know, unless unless they went one 0 down and really crumbled. Um, you, you expect Finn Harps to get through. Yeah, definitely. I think it's a
1: one that, from a you know non-league point of view, I think this will not be. A lot of them are drawn together, you know. You look at St. Joseph playing the Manor, that'd be a good game. Killingham Manor uh, really got a good side together. And for me, they can be one of the non league sides. I couldn't possibly go on a decent run. Um, again, look at Crumlin, St. Moxes, Crumlin were really always find themselves in this competition. Uh, Liffey Wanderers, which I said, I know the manager well. Uh, definitely very nice guy, very excellent coach as well. Not just a nice guy, an excellent coach. And, He's only newly in the job, but they have a difficult uh, game against Van Blair and again, probably not the most glamorous time on paper to to market either. I think College Corinthians uh, playing bowls on Sunday uh, down in Cork is the only really non-league side that would be delighted with the draw. You know, to get a big a big name of Bohemians coming to town, I know that all uh, the it's um the crowd won't be what it normally would have been for a game like that, but. Yeah, it'll be disappointing for a lot of the non-league sides just uh, looking at the draw. You know, again, the the new they're Mala Hoyas on Friday. So, yeah, it's it's going to be difficult. But with, I think with that as well comes a little bit of positivity. If you want to pull a bit of positivity out, but we're going to have more non-league sides in the next round of the draw. You know, they're all playing each other, so one of them has to go through. And hopefully for them, you know, to get a couple of quid together or to get a, a, to face a big name, they can be pulled out of half the the money favourable.
0: Yep. Okay, we're going to go on to the fans' questions and I'm going to ask you one of the questions because it links up to this. What is the best FAI Cup final ever?
1: Yeah, uh, sort of a quick shout-out to Eddie Macdonald, a friend question here. Uh, first play, Eddie. Uh, Absolutely. Cracking question, in fairness. Uh, where do we start? Where do we start? We have a long, long history to look back at. Again, with these sort of questions, I always... I I wouldn't say that I've done anyone justice just sitting here like 25 years old talking about a final that happened in the 70s. <laughs> no. <laughs> I think you could I think you could smell the bullshit coming through the phone and coming through coming through whatever uh, earphones right me are listening in. You know, again I could sit here and say, oh the '99 final, you know, brain heart. to put two replays for Bray to win. Uh, but not mentioning the fact I was only three years old and I didn't go through a League of Ireland game at that stage in my life. So, I think for me, the two that I always seem to come back to, and while we have to always say the 2014 final, I think it was to look back. The final actually wasn't that good. Pat just won it. So, you know, that's a cop out too. And I'm, I'm, uh, you know, I think if you listen back to some of the years, I am the king of answers, but I'm not going to be with it coming around. That would be horrendous on my part. The 2006 final is one of them that always comes back to me. And sadly, it's one of the games, that the finals that Pat did lose. Uh, they got beaten 4-3 against uh, Derry City uh, in the old Lansdowne Road. That's the last football game we played in the old Lansdowne Road for the redevelopment. But yeah, look, Pat took the lead three times and just failed the whole line of call. Went in, I think it was two walls heading into extra time. Then again, Pat took the lead, uh, Sean O'Connor at the early into extra time. Then Peter Houghton knocked up with a goal for Derry City to make it all level. And then Derry went down and got the winner in the 190 minutes. So, hard you can obviously, from me, it was only a young lad. But I was getting used to disappointment at that stage, that was my second uh, F.E.O. Cup final to go to the pass man And the second to beat him. Yeah, I still had another one ahead of me. Uh, I don't know, there's probably pass listening in there now. And should up, have been to that every uh, Cup final we got beaten to. Go to but... Yeah, it can be quite difficult. So it's that one, and I as well, I always go back to 2014 FBL cup final between Drotter and Shamrock Rovers. Absolute, The last 15 minutes of that game, probably the, the best 15 in of football. Not best, but most dramatic 15 minutes of football I've ever watched. Um, if anyone doesn't remember, it's this one where it was 1-0 Drotter. Drotter took the lead in the 14 minute with a Paul O'Connor goal. Look, it was, it was nearly, area, you know, it was looking like that it, Slugger cooked it up and he could nick one and who knows what could happen after that. That happened, Danny North scores in the 78th minute, then he scores again in the 85th minute, so it looks like, oh, charlie going back to Sligo. a uh, great comeback. But then Ryan Brennan popped up at a goal in the 92nd minute, seemingly taking it to extra time, but then Anthony Eldon popped up in the 94th minute to get the win up to Rovers And you can only imagine the absolute science, uh from the, the the away end, whether the away fans, but the, the away fans uh, on the night slide-out. Yes, absolutely. I think just for that last 15 minutes alone, it was absolutely mental. And yes, 2006 and 2014 finals, um, from a younger point of view, where the two you always tend to go back to.
0: Yeah, and I seem to remember off the top of my head that you you wrote an article, didn't you? Top five,
1: yeah,
0: Viva Stadium, Aviva. yeah, that's right, yeah, uh, FAI Cup final. So if you want to go to the dot check that out and see um, who's in his top five. I remember, well, I don't, I'm not saying it's the greatest final ever, but the, one of the most memorable was in 1990 with St Francis against Bray, and it was just to have a non league side who, you know, went all the way, and everyone was hoping and praying for them to win I don't think there was too many Bray Wanderer fans bar the Bray Wanderer fans I think even in the years before that not 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 too long before that you know I, I think it's the 86 87 FAI Cup Finals they were in front of crowds of 6 and 8,000 something like that mm-hmm. and I think there was over 30,000 at this at this game in particular mm-hmm. so it kind of brought the Cup to life again you know where you know and this is this is why I'm saying, the Leinster Senior League teams, uh, Munster Senior League teams, wh- wherever they're from, at these non-league clubs, these would have great support. And you 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 talked about you know Cavan for. Uh, Kelly and Sheridan. If we could get clubs into the, these areas, you know, again, there is going to there would be huge fan base. There's a huge amount of interest in football around the country. There's just a lot of people who don't have a club. And back then, that showed. St Francis had, uh, I think, you probably had probably a lot of the Leinster Senior League, you know, clubs and players, and you know, giving them wishing them well, hoping they'd go on and beat the you know, the big guns of uh, Bray from the League of Ireland. But, yeah, it kind of brought a bit of romance to it, even though Bray were too strong on the day. So, um, yeah, that would be one that's memorable for me. But, obviously, the game itself probably wasn't the most, uh, it wasn't the best one ever. Okay, Nathan, second question. Yeah,
1: the second one sent in... um well I friends of the channel, uh Ronan Kavner, a, a name that could be familiar to people that listen to the show, Ronan in the to him, He's always on the ball with the questions whenever we, uh, we reach out and we you know, we say on air that he made some in fairness to Ronan and he keeps them coming. So fair play to Ronan keep them coming into tonight. Um and this time around, Ronan is saying that he was reading an article on the Irish independence and it was written by Graham Cummins, former League of footballer. And Joe in the article, Graham said that he thinks Liam Scales, Shamakovic defender Liam Scales, is the league's hottest property. And Rowan just simply want to know, do we agree? Do we think that Liam Scales is the the, the League of hottest property or is anybody else that you think could be given that
0: title? I thought about this today, Nathan. I really I put my head together and I can't disagree with him because his performances of late have been excellent. They've been at such a high quality and it's not just his defending. His defending has been brilliant but going forward, linking up play, overlaps as a, a, playing in a back three. Uh, the skill that he's had in around the penalty box, uh, you know, in an attacking sense has been excellent. He, he seems to have gone up another level this year. Uh, Barrett, James Brown, who we praised millions already, you know, and he's probably <laughs> yeah. with along with roddy United, you know, probably having a little bit of a, a, a slump now, but you know, that's, that's you know, sometimes the team makes you shine, sometimes the team, you know, uh, you're not seeing as much, but it's, it's, yeah, no Liam's Games for me has been absolutely excellent, and I think I agree with him. What do you think? Yeah, of course, I was, thought
1: of, I was... I thought, oh it's just it's an interesting take. But then yeah, like you're saying, um, I think the more you sit down and so say, Well, look at his 22 and if you're taking I'm not saying no move to England it's a be all and end all. We're actually looking out, but it would benefit that, you know, we can look at Brexit from a uh, footballing point of view is that a lot of these younger lads you now they're going to like France and Italy and we've seen that over the past couple of months. And that's great to see for for the younger lads coming through uh from Ireland too. You they know they're, they're being taken from the academies and going into these, uh world class uh, academy side and big name European clubs. But as well, you know, with Brexit, you have to be over the age of 18 to go over to England now. So we look at something like Leonard like, uh, Dale, 22, playing on a consistent basis now, uh, not only in the league, but in Europe now, it's starting to get a European experience in themselves too. And everyone proven. It, it, yeah, you set him up carefully. Uh, defensively, even I be, I always thought he was an absolute prospect of a player and brilliant you see him now he's sort of come out of that centre back position and you can see him moving in into more of a win back now and going forward he's been absolutely excellent and there has been even the games and what was and he's probably one of the most more dangerous uh, attacking players going forward and that says a lot when you, you look at the attacking talent that Sean McGovern having in the ranks so if you look at him from that point of view that he's a bit more seasoned now yeah it, it's hard to argue with what uh Again though, I have to be honest with you, and think the first name that came to mind for me it wasn't his sales, it was um Dawson Device at Bowers. He's another player a champion for the, the past couple of months now where see I started seeing breaking through last season at Bowers and absolutely excellent. Absolutely excellent midfielder. He's, he's a to of passing, he's that you know, he awareness of what's around him for a, a lot of it's only nineteen. Physically you can see him, you know, developing into himself, he's very comfortable with the ball. He'd be happy to sit back deep. You know, we see some of these younger lads. You know, the sort of it's just a natural reaction action to get forward and get forward. But you can see, you know, as he gets a bit older, more mature in himself and in his game, he'd be happy enough to be sort. Of, you know, the, the playmaker sitting in the middle, commanding, yeah, uh, the, the side around him. So yeah, I can go the boys, and that's his pleasure to watch him. He was the first one that came to the mind when I'm talking about uh, League of Ireland uh, hot properties. I suppose I just. Well, let's throw this one here. You know, we were talking about Graham Cummins there and um, doing some work with the Irish examiner. And fairness to, to, to Graham, i fairness sure it's too, because I even look back and had a look at the article and you know, I like, down these pat- people on the back, I them bleeding, daily journalists. They're <laughs> just like articles the football and wrestling. But um, fairness, I really, really enjoyed it and I've seen a couple of things he's done and really, really enjoyed what he's doing. And I think it's, it's great to see, you know, once you have an interest, with retired pros that you can switch into media work and you can, there's options for them now, you know, where if you think not that long ago, the thoughts of retiring for players you know, were scary. You didn't know what what was next. you didn't probably have much options to go into. didn't have much pathways from, you know, playing football to retiring. So, yeah, I, I, I really do enjoy seeing former players like Wayne Cummins and like Alan Carley, another one, um, if you could say what you're like, you will, I know always can be defied, the voice, just, uh, the defied, which is kind of talking as a, uh, as a pundit, but if you go back or a deal, I don't want to plug another podcast, but I do enjoy the Alan Cardi podcast and said still Jimmy born the, the the presence that we have together. So you know, seeing former footballers go into it, like these needed jobs and pundit jobs, sure they can only benefit them going forward, and it can only just be a nice pathway for these lads when they do decide to handle the boots.
0: And also with LOI TV, Nathan, that they're getting these co-commentary gigs as well. So you're getting an insight, uh, like I suppose Joey and Doe is there for the, the, the popularity side of things um, and the entertainment value. But I've thought, I've I said, said this before, um, I think that Graeme Gartland, who was on the Shamrock Rovers or SRTV as they call it, He's doing co comment there. I, th- I think his knowledge has been really good, but his humour has been excellent and uh, the, the way he works with the, the commentator. We're, we're starting to see a few players uh, that... Well, let's put it this way. If Soccer Republic start, uh, ever came back at a, a normal, proper hour again, that you'd have a lot more people in the bag this time to, you know, in, name in the hat to put themselves across and to be able to do a really good job because there's always been jobs for the boys if you got in you were stuck in and that was it I think there's a wide variety now and there's a good pool to pick from
1: Yeah definitely you know um, just, just you only mentioned Gartland there uh, Pat Morley who, who was on with the Dundalk games, um, he's legend Pat is um, I thought he was excellent absolutely brilliant like you said you know you can have somebody coming on and spitting out statistics and facts and this and that, but you know, he had a bit of personality too. When I found at the party, he had that involved. He was very, very charismatic, very likable. Um, but would also, you know, being informative. I enjoyed Paul Curry, uh, former UCB player. I, I always find him, you know, very interesting and so good to listen to. Yeah, it's it just really, really is, it, enjoyable to see it, isn't it? Um like I was saying, there's always going to be a job for the boys there, but something that's, that's expanding nicely and I think even if you look at clubs, there's a lot of clubs around uh, the country, but just off the top of my what I know, you know, Pat probably put a good, uh, a link up with the University, uh, Sligo here, they have a link up to Slido IT and you can now offer players well uh, to go on these courses and get a degree and even go on and get a masters. So things like this also set them up nicely for the career and I just think that you, you listen to old footballers. You talk about handling abuse. It's just so scary, and you just these are lads that you know probably were not educated. That you know just left school, went to play football, and and doing that at such a high level. But you know, you know more than anybody that the career of the football is short. It's really, really short, and you know it, it goes by in a flash. And it's yeah, it really, is great to see because it, it can be really, really. It, it can sway your mentally. I'm sure giving us this, this game and giving us this job that I've done for all these years what's next because if you retire at 35 you still have a lot of living to do and you, you still have to, to pay for that living so to see these guys now have options to go into the media and then to go get degrees Just, that's really great yeah
0: yeah no absolutely that's all we got time for tonight uh, Thanks to everyone for listening. Uh, We've got uh, European games. We've got the FAI Cup. We also will have the LOI, the big kickoff LOI sports bar on Friday night at 10 o'clock. So do join us there. Throw your questions in at us. If you want to join us on the show, you can do that too. So uh, don't be afraid to do that and spread the word, okay? If there's people out there that you know, love the League of Ireland podcast or the sports bar or our YouTube channel, get them onto that. And there's also a football channel uh, on YouTube, the big kickoff football show. Nathan, thanks very much. Everyone who's listening, thanks very much also.